Hello and welcome to Jade Talk Stuff. I'm your host, Jade Jackson. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking how to go alcohol free. Wait up, just hear me out. First, I should say, quick disclaimer, I'm not a doctor or a health professional. I'm just a regular guy who has removed alcohol and cigarettes from my life. Years later, I stumbled upon the scientific basis behind what I did differently. Of course, I didn't realise it at the time, which was why I was successful. So March 2013 started as an alcohol-free month, and now, almost six years later, I'm still alcohol-free. I prefer the term alcohol-free because I've freed myself from the alcohol industry and the social binds, particularly in Australia, the UK and New Zealand, that pressure us and make us feel obligated to drink at any occasion in order for it to be an occasion. It's Friday, let's have a drink. It's Wednesday, let's have a drink. We're on a date, let's go for a drink. We're at a sporting match, a concert, a festival, a movie, a barbecue. Let's have a drink. It's someone's birthday. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. Let's drink. I've had a stressful week. I need a drink. The kids are driving me crazy. I need a drink. Imagine if McDonald's had managed to exude the same kind of influence across our lives. So instead of drink, we said Big Mac. It's your birthday. Let's go for a Big Mac. It's Friday. Let's go for a Big Mac. People just wouldn't stand for it. Yet alcohol gets a free ride without any arguments. For I should point out as well, for all the articles I mention, I'll include links to those in the show notes. I recently read a statistic that wine glasses in Australia have doubled in size since the 90s, which makes you wonder, is the alcohol industry behind it? Perhaps it's a collusion between the alcohol industry and the glassmakers to sell more of both via bigger glasses. I'm sure there's a perfectly logical explanation, but I always love a good conspiracy. One research group showed middle-aged women are prone to drinking more, whilst millennials are drinking less. But without pointing fingers at who is drinking more, it's the increased social acceptedness of alcohol consumption that can result in unwanted side effects. What I've noticed is it's the individual who always receives the blame. You have a problem with alcohol. Never to the industry. You're the problem. I don't deny that mental health plays a part, as does upbringing and peer pressure, but there are so many excuses pushing us to drink alcohol, yet if ever there's a problem, no one wants to take responsibility. We're led to believe that we need alcohol to relax, yet I can honestly say with absolute conviction, it's completely possible to relax without alcohol. All those preconceptions that you need alcohol to watch sport, be romantic, be creative, all lies. You can do all of those things without alcohol. I know, who knew? The trick is knowing how the brain works to get essentially the same results. This is key to changing repetitive behaviour, including drinking and smoking. So why remove alcohol in the first place? In Australia and New Zealand, not drinking alcohol is as foreign a concept as working on a public holiday. Why would anyone choose not to drink? 
The idea first came to me after reading an article about a woman who gave up alcohol and how her life was dramatically changed. She found love, lost weight, and generally won at life. Now, not all of that has happened to me, but my reasons for wanting to remove alcohol were far simpler. I wanted to write. The time that I wrote the most was when I first got my motorcycle license. With a zero alcohol allowance for learner drivers and riders, I was so paranoid about getting breathalyzed, I just didn't drink for nine months. Coincidentally, in that time, I also wrote a play, Compass, my first completed body of work. I didn't make the connection with zero alcohol leading to increased writing until five years later when I was living in New Zealand and my parents' house burnt down in Australia. Before I moved to New Zealand, I had stored all of my stuff at my parents' house which included 20 years of writing kept in notebooks. Unwittingly, one Christmas whilst I was on holiday in Australia, I had taken an external hard drive back to New Zealand, and on it I found my play, Compass. After the fire, I self-published it to iBooks, Amazon, Kindle, Kobo and Google Play. Once the excitement of self-publishing wore off, I was wanting to write my first novel, but besides a few ideas, I didn't have anything concrete. I thought back to when I wrote my play and recalled the drive and dedication I had to complete it, and only then did I realise that it was during a period of not drinking that I had written my play. I was writing before work, during lunch breaks, and all evening. No doubt there was other factors as well, but I decided to trial of months of removing alcohol to see if it helped with my creativity. Within the first month, I'd written about 15,000 words of a novel a dozen poems, a couple of blog posts, and even composed a couple of emails to friends who I had written to in years. In short, I had written more in a month than I had in the previous five years combined. I should also point out that in that first month, I started my day with a St John's Wort herbal tea, combined with blueberry fruit tea, because St John's Wort tastes like straw, which also helped create a positive frame of mind. I prefer my herbal tea cold, a trait I picked up in Japan with cold green tea, which makes it more refreshing. And at the end of that month, I thought, well, if I'd written that much in a month, imagine what could be achieved with three months. Heck, what about a year without alcohol? It was like a cloud had been lifted. I had clarity and focus. I was smiling more. I had more energy. I was getting up early because I slept better. And every weekend was now hangover free, which meant I was more productive. I went out, I did stuff. And some weekends I wrote from 6pm Friday evening until 11pm Sunday night. All of this writing, of course, also made me happier. I'd gained so much in life by removing alcohol, I couldn't understand why people referred to removing alcohol as quitting or losing. And that's where I believe that the terminology is part of the problem. The perception of an alcoholic is someone who has lost everything to alcohol, can't hold down a job, and someone who has to drink every day in order to get by. Well, that wasn't me, so there was no problem, right? Wrong. The perception that only drinking on weekends or just having a couple of glasses of wine with dinner is totally fine. But as cultural norms change the bar as to what's acceptable and what's not when it comes to alcohol consumption, it's easy to slip into grey areas. It's the grey areas that cause the most damage because the perception is, you're not at rock bottom, therefore there's no problem. 
I'm not going to bore you with health stats, but me deciding to remove alcohol stemmed from a particularly scary incident. In a case of wrong place, wrong time, I was the victim of an unprovoked glassing incident in New Zealand. And whilst I was lucky enough to walk away with just a scar, there have been numerous similar cases where far worse has occurred, like loss of sight and even death. However, if alcohol had not been consumed that night, it simply wouldn't have happened. The events of that night got me questioning about whether I really needed alcohol in my life. And the answer I came up with was a resounding no. It wasn't an overnight epiphany, but being honest with myself, I counted far more negative aspects that alcohol brought than positive ones. So how does the brain get used to alcohol? Many years earlier, I had checked out an AA meeting to see what it was about. I think it was after watching Fight Club. And it was a room full of senior citizens lamenting the loss of alcohol, focusing on the past, and who had simply swapped alcohol for cigarettes and coffee. Not to say that AA doesn't work, I've known people that swear by it, but I felt it wasn't a positive environment for me. The rationale behind my thinking was, no one wants to be a quitter. No one wants to lose anything. Even if you're not the competitive type, it's never nice to lose anything. Of course, this is all backed up by the huge protests in Sydney when lockout laws made people think they weren't allowed to drink anymore. But removing alcohol or cigarettes doesn't have to be a loss. Because by removing alcohol, you're not losing. You're gaining in life. If anything, you're winning. It wasn't until years after I had successfully removed alcohol from my life that I watched a documentary, Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind by Dr. Joe Dispenza, which you can find on YouTube. This described scientifically how I had changed my brain, although I didn't realise I was changing my brain at the time. There's also a book, Evolve Your Brain, which goes into more detail. So anyway, in the documentary, Evolve Your Brain, to paraphrase Dr. Joe Dispenza, he describes how the brain can do amazing things. It can think thoughts, it can cause involuntary actions, and it can also change itself to think new thoughts and actions. Every thought process creates a chemical release in your brain which causes your body to perform an action. Over time, repeated thoughts and repeated actions become habits. Now, what's to follow is about as unscientific as you can get, but I'm simply breaking it down as simply as possible without all the big Latin terms. So when chemical X, not its real name, just an example, gets released because you're stressed, your body presumes alcohol will soon follow because it's what you usually do, which prompts the desire. Your brain releases a small amount of happy chemicals or dopamine as you near the liquor store, prompting or rather confusing you into purchasing alcohol. In order to change the brain's release of chemicals, you just need to create new pathways by doing something different. When that first time comes where you feel stressed, chemical X gets released and you don't consume alcohol, instead consuming, say, a ginger beer, your body starts to create a new pathway. Basically, it says to itself, oh, okay, this time you're stressed, but you had something besides alcohol. So that's new, but okay. The second time that sequence of events happens, you're stressed, you drink a ginger beer, your body goes, or whatever you do, 
Oh, wait, I know this. This one time you got stressed, you had ginger beer, and everything was okay. In fact, you were happy. It's not alcohol, but I guess we trust that it will be like that again. The third time that sequence of events happens where you're like, oh, it's Friday, end of the week, I'm stressed. Your body is like, you know what? I got this. Let's have a ginger beer. Well, everything will be okay. Making the fourth, fifth and sixth times that sequence of events happens of not drinking alcohol when you're stressed or whatever the excuse you use. Now that becomes the new norm. Eventually, you'll have trained your brain into releasing happy chemicals like dopamine when you consume ginger beer or iced tea or juice or whatever. It doesn't have to be a drink, but prepping for that day when you walk into a bar and don't order an alcoholic drink, it's nice to have something you're comfortable with that you know a bar is going to have, like ginger beer. Recently, I had a moment of stress and anxiety. My car broke down on Christmas Day, everyone around me was drinking, and I had a thought of alcohol. But the difference was... It was now a distant thought, like a faded memory. It no longer felt like a thing that I did. It was just something I used to do, like attending school, playing cricket or going to Australia's Wonderland, which is a defunct theme park in Sydney. I'm not going to lie and say removing alcohol was easy, but it wasn't as difficult as I'd imagined, especially because at the time that I removed alcohol, I was living in New Zealand and supermarkets in New Zealand sell wine and beer next to the bread and milk. It's important to understand what causes your brain to release happy chemicals and how that feels. Because finding alternative ways to get the same happy chemicals is key to finding alternatives to drinking alcohol and changing your behaviour. It's actually the happy chemicals your brain produces that you crave. But your brain has a funny way of rewarding you with happy chemicals when you drink alcohol. But there are many ways to prompt your body to release these happy chemicals naturally. Having an orgasm, listening to music, certain foods like chocolate might trigger a release for you, as does spending time with family, friends or loved ones. What works for one person may not work for someone else. So it's important to recognise the feeling of euphoria, the rush of tingles as the happy chemicals spread throughout your body. Listening to ASMR videos on YouTube can also elicit the same response. For me, whenever I write intensely and create a beautiful poem that releases a rush of endorphins, that's like a braingasm. To mentally remove alcohol from my life, all I did was focus on what I was gaining rather than losing. The first two weeks, I had this little mantra I would say to myself. Instead of saying, oh, I miss having a drink, I wish I could have a drink, I would say, without alcohol... I have more energy. I feel happier. I have more money. I write more. Without alcohol, I have more clarity in my thoughts, so I create beautiful poetry. Without alcohol, I wake up feeling fantastic. Without alcohol, I'm always okay to drive. Without alcohol, I'm more productive on my weekends. I feel calmer and less stressed about work without alcohol. I've been cooking more, which means I have been eating healthier, so I feel better and I feel more awake in the mornings. And clearly by then, my brain has realised that what I'm gaining by removing alcohol is far more than what I am supposedly losing. It was probably during the first two weeks that I had to make a conscious decision to turn away from the wine aisle and instead head towards soft drinks or soda pop, which is where I found my saviour. 
ginger beer. It's important to note that just quitting alcohol, your brain will trick you into making excuses to drink, all because of those happy chemicals. However, finding what it is that genuinely makes you happy, which realistically is not going to be in a bar at 2am, is key to getting your brain to release those same happy chemicals, doing things that don't revolve around alcohol. Once I'd freed myself, I looked at all those usual occasions like after-work drinks, birthdays, New Year's, not as places to avoid, but I could confidently walk in knowing I didn't have to drink, knowing that my real pleasures were derived elsewhere. Sure, I could go and have a chat and a ginger beer and then head home to ride or swim or whatever. I was lucky that in New Zealand there are lots of microbreweries that make alcohol-free ginger beer, often organic. What I liked about ginger beer is it's refreshing with a spicy kick, making it feel special. It comes in a glass bottle, has a narrow neck, you sip it much like a beer, but it tastes better and it feels like something you've earned without the downside of alcohol. Receiving a drink in a bottle looks less like a soft drink, so it's less likely to draw the wrath of drinkers. Like, what do you mean you don't drink? So when are you going to drink again? How do you know you'll never drink again? The hardest thing no one tells you about removing alcohol from your life is your tolerance for drunk people's questions. Also goes. The hardest part of removing alcohol was the reaction from friends and family. Some friends thought they could no longer invite me out at night instead of only making arrangements to meet up over coffee during the day like I was going to magically turn into a mushroom if I was out at night. However, it's not long before they'll be calling on you because you're the only person who hasn't been drinking alcohol, which also makes you the only person who can drive. All the non-drinking months set up, dry July, etc., have helped to make it more socially acceptable to not drink alcohol, as has the clean eating movement. Until I was confidently alcohol-free, I was telling people I was on a detox which no one questioned further but the sooner you own it and make it known that then the more comfortable you'll be with going alcohol free so for me going alcohol free was more than just a challenge it was about wanting to write more and five years later I'm now a freelance writer with multiple books in the works up to the third editing stage of my first completed novel overall the pros definitely outweigh the cons Life is different because I feel free. I'm happier. I'm less stressed. My indigestion has gotten much better. I'm never hungover, but most importantly, I write lots. And I've produced the greatest work I've produced yet. Whatever your relationship is with alcohol, from a glass a week to several bottles a week, we're trained by the alcohol industry, by television and movies, by bars and restaurants, by supermarkets and vineyards, to believe that we need alcohol in our lives to celebrate every event, to relax, to enjoy a meal, when in reality it is alcohol companies that need us. Alcohol is a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide, possibly trillion dollar industry, I couldn't find any reliable statistics. Be wary of any published research stating that alcohol is good for you because often it's backed by alcohol industry providers, which has been part of the problem. Don't fall for their tactics. According to The Truth About Alcohol documentary on Netflix, the same good antioxidants found in red wine 
can easily be found in walnuts, blueberries, apples, and many other everyday foods. The one thing to remember is by going alcohol-free, you're not alone. There's an ever-growing list of lifestyle changes, including celebrities like Blake Lively, Bradley Cooper, and Lucy Hale, to name just a few. Live a happier, more productive life by going hashtag alcohol-free. The true test when I knew I was finally free was travelling to New Zealand on a ticket which included the works with access to the business class lounge. And I remember thinking, I don't care that there is free alcohol. I still don't want it. You too can be free. Thank you so much for listening to Jade Talk Stuff. Head to my website, jadejackson.com.au for for past podcast episodes and to check out my travel blog. If you haven't already, subscribe to my other podcast, Travelosophy, which features life lessons learnt from travel. Thank you so much for listening to Jay Talk Stuff. Bye-bye now.